With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to episode 141 of the Glasgow Is Green podcast. Yes, we're back to talk about Celtic's recent win over Ross County, which sees us going nine points clear at the top of the league, and good old VAR was at it once again. We'll also be talking about our highlights of the season so far. By we, I mean myself, Rizzo, and our guest on this week's episode, Spunkphone. How you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic, John. Um, we've been waiting a, a couple of days after the game, so I did have to catch up the highlights there. I, I, I will throw that in as a, a disclaimer for the wonderful listeners, but you and I were both there in person. Uh, that is a, a rarity that we're both at Celtic Park on the, the same occasion. Um, but yeah, looking forward to, to discussing it with your good self, mate. Yeah, we were both there. As earlier in the day, Rangers had hilariously dropped points yet again, this time drawn one each with St Mirren. And so the chance was there for us to get the win to go nine points ahead. But we didn't really come out all guns blazing. We found it hard to break down Ross County, aided and abated by some interesting refereeing decisions by David Monroe. And we all really had one real chance in the first half, and that was when Kyogo was put through in goal. And unfortunately, he sort of went back to a couple of weeks ago and he missed a good chance, hitting the ball by the post. And it was a rarity really this season, a half time at Celtic Park with nothing each. I mean, there's been a lot of games at Celtic Park this season where we haven't hammered teams. The only two I can think of that we've hammered are Rangers and Hibs. But it was nothing each at half time. 
in Spunk Phone. You were there. I was there. I thought the first half performance was flat, and unfortunately, that is probably due to credit to that scumbag Malky McKay, who his goat was currently well drilled. They had men behind the ball constantly. I think they're much better than their league position suggests. I think they'll be nowhere near relegation. But really, first half of what were pretty poor, would you make it? I'd say I'm in the same boat as your good self, John. Um, thought it was a pretty flat first half. Um, as you say, we really only had that one big chance, which Kyogo really should have should have put away. But yeah, as, as much as we don't want to turn this into the the Malky McKay show, <laughs> credit to him to be fair because he does have them, as you say, well drilled, well organised, and they stifled us really in the first half, limited us to only really one big chance, but also themselves. I mean limited themselves to virtually nothing. Though their goal obviously came through the that penalty decision which we'll, we'll come on to, but I thought whilst being pretty decently organised defensively going forward they offered just absolutely nothing and, and it's always going to be tricky when um you're up against that sort of an opponent that really isn't the intention of coming to Celtic Park and, and playing any football. Yeah, I, I suppose credit where it's due and that they, they stifled us in the first half and limited us, as we say, to just that one big chance which Kyogo really should have buried. Yep, so the second half began sort of on a similar vein until, yet again, good old VAR intervened. Well, in a short-term events, not really. Ross County were awarded a penalty in the the 50th minute. Yes, for some reason I thought it was 65. It was the 50th minute or 49th they were awarded the penalty when, bizarrely enough, Matt O'Reilly was a judge to have handballed uh, in the penalty area. A couple of things like that. It wasn't really a handball. It seemed to come off his elbow and he couldn't get his elbow out of the way. And it looked as if he was outside the penalty box. But no, the ref gave the penalty. It wasn't VAR on this occasion that gave the penalty. It was a good old referee. But VAR had a look at it. And yet again, Celtic have been on a wrong side of their VAR decision. They gave the go-ahead for the penalty. And they Ross County took the lead. I think it was David Kokosa that scored the goal. Joe Hart didn't get close to saving it. Now, before we talk about the penalty itself, in a, in a strange way, I think that's the best thing that happened to Celtic because the game was sort of just drifting in nowhere until Ross County get that penalty. Then the team were fired up, the fans were fired up, and not that long after we ended up going two one ahead. But Spunkphone, yet again, it's VAR, yet again, it's a wonderful referees. What did you make a decision? For me, it was extremely harsh, and again, it just makes it all the more mysterious, quote unquote, when we didn't get that penalty against Hearts, which was the out of all the VAR games we've been involved in, the biggest stick on penalty was one against Hearts, the one that, of course, we didn't get. And yet again, of course, a very, very close decision goes against us. I'm sure that's just a coincidence, but that was another uh, very poor decision, I'd say, Spunkflin. It was indeed. I mean, it's it's funny to kind of look back on it, because obviously we didn't get that one at Hearts, but we got one the following week at Livingston, our first penalty in God knows how long, and it was a handball given to us by VAR, and the meltdown from it was... Spectacular to say the least. Folk calling for the handball rule to be changed and saying that Celtic players are deliberately chipping the ball off opponents' hands and all sorts. And then since then, I think we've had four possibly penalties against us for handball. I think obviously the the two in the Bernabeu were ridiculous. That one as well on on Saturday was just ludicrous. The fact that referee gave it first time as well. I don't know where Matt O'Reilly's meant to put his hand. I've seen it back and he is actually trying to pull it inwards as well he's pulling it in towards his body at the time so 
Listen, no one really understands the handball rule now. They talk about this natural silhouette. It used to obviously be it has to be a deliberate attempt to play the ball with a hand. I just think the whole rule is is it's too open for interpretation, and VAR's only making it worse essentially because. Even if a referee, for example, I know he obviously was the one that called it on Saturday, but if he misses one of the other ones, um, Vars always going to now tell him to go and check it. And you're just seeing copious amounts of penalties getting given every single week now in, in Scotland. And yeah, that, that decision I just thought was an absolute joke. But as you say, I think it probably in a weird way was the best thing that happened to us in that game because it, it did fire the fans up. It, it got the, the atmosphere up a few notches. The players really... Rather than feeling sorry for themselves, I think obviously felt hard done by with the decision, but but used that to obviously motivate themselves to go on and and win the game from there. So yeah, as I say, it's a joker decision, but in a strange way, probably the best thing that happened to us in that game because it was a was a pretty flat uh, performance up until then. Yep, and the man who took the game by the scruff of the neck and dragged his back into the game was Rio Hadai. He didn't score the equaliser, but he set it up with some brilliant play. Uh, he took the ball in the penalty box. There was a host of Ross County players in the penalty box. I think people were screaming for him to shoot. But he was smarter than that. He took the ball in a run, found space, somehow found space, and passed the ball to David Tumble, who was inside the penalty box, and he put it through the goalkeeper's legs for a, a very tidy finish. But, I mean, Rio Hattati, I know we're going to talk about Haxabanovic and his goal later, which Hattati played a part in, but that was really superb by Hattati. That's the sort of thing that... I suppose he needs to be doing more at Celtic, really taking games with a scruff of the neck, especially seeing as how like Matt O'Reilly, who was his sort of partner in the middle of the park, is playing f- f- further back now. And I thought Hattati was excellent, and for the life of me, I cannot work out why he's not going to the World Cup. I mean, it's good for us that he won't be taking part in, like, three really tough energy-satin games. It's just weird to me, though, that... He's not been picked for Japan. I can understand in a way Kyogo because he's a bit up and down in his form. In a way, I can understand Dyson because he can do that role where he just runs about, is able to cause teams' problems just with sheer pace, although he really was quite poor against Ross County. But I cannot understand why Hitai is not in the World Cup. I mean, he's made for the big stage, in my opinion. He showed that most of his time at Celtic. I mean, he was involved in one of a few goals in the Champions League we shouldn't forget, and I thought he was absolutely superb on Saturday. I'm not sure if he was the man of the match. He must have been. But, I mean, he really did excellent for equalise the goal. Well done to Tumble as well. I mean, I know he's been getting a lot of stick, and I think he probably won't be back in the team when Carl McGregor's fit again. But he's come up big in the last two games. He had that brilliant pass to Dyson for the goal against Motherwell. And then, of course, he scored the equaliser. So, I know he's a guy that Ange Postecoglou likes. And well done to him. That's a big, two big moments and two big games, but really, real Hattati, how good was he in Saturday? He was absolutely brilliant, as you say, grabbed the game by the, the scruff of the neck, totally just dragged us back into it. It's a lovely wee interchange actually before it, I think it's Starfelt, plays it into Turnbull, into O'Reilly, who then gives it Hattati, he obviously goes in that little kind of mazy run, pulls it back, because the, the, the intelligence to obviously do that, and David Turnbull with his credit, it's actually a brilliant finish, because he takes that touch, Everyone's screaming at him to, to hit it first time, myself included. But he takes that touch, just composes himself. He's, he's obviously completely aware of his surroundings because he knows that he can't put it to the side of the goalkeeper. He's got to basically just try and put it through his legs, which he does. And, and it was just a, a brilliant finish. Um, as you say, he had obviously that 
pass at, at Motherwell in the week as well, and, and he's actually he's played very well in the last couple of games. To his credit, having found it quite difficult to get into the, the team this season, obviously we saw how brilliant a, a first half of last season he had. You know, the COVID season, he was one of the very few players at the club who, who could come out of that with pass marks, but credit to him in the last couple of games because I, I thought he's, he's he's been brilliant and, and that goal and the intelligence as well, as I say, really capped it off and obviously massive shout out to Hitati. He was the man of the match on Saturday by a distance and, and that assist was just ridiculous um, to have that sort of composure and the intelligence as well um, to, to play it into Turnbull. He, he was just fantastic and as you say, it's absolutely bizarre he's not going to the World Cup. It's bizarre, I think he's only got the one cap for Japan as well. So I, 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 they must have some midfield if he's not getting in it because he's been excellent. And the first half of the season was one of, again, the few players who was good more often than not in the, the Champions League games as well. And I, I just can't understand how he's not going to the World Cup. But like you say, a four or five week break for him comes back re-energised for the second half of the season, I suppose. It could could well be a good thing for us, but he was outstanding again on Saturday. And he was involved in our winning goal as well. But that winning goal was all about Siad Haksabanovic, a guy who I thought hadn't contributed enough really up to the last few weeks. But since then, he's made me eat my words as usual. He scored twice against Dungeon United. And then he came up with a winning goal against Ross County. And really, it was a wonderful goal. He showed great skill to take the ball, play a nice wee one-two with Hitati. And then his finish was genius, really. He just sort of passed the ball into the corner of the net, out of the reach of the goalkeeper. And it was so precise to get the ball out of the goalkeeper's reach. Because when I first, first saw it, for up the gods, as I say, I thought it was going by the post. But he managed to just sneak it in the net. And then when I saw it on TV again, it was a, a sensational finish. So that's three goals in his last two starts for Celtic. He's finally contributing a lot. And our esteemed leader put it on Twitter the other day that the goal reminded him of an Alan Thompson goal against Rangers when Alan Thompson passed the ball in the back of the net. And it really was a great goal. And I know you'll agree it was a superb goal spot for me. What have you made of Haxabanovich so far? Because I didn't think he was contributing enough, really. Especially when you consider like James Forrest and Jota have scored more goals. Lila bad as well. But he seems to be finally getting there. And I'd imagine that he'll be a big player for us second half of the season. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think um, on the occasions up until recently where I'd seen him, to be fair, he, he did always kind of pass the, the eye test, to use that phrase. I thought he always looked good, looked threatening, but as you say, in the final third, it maybe wasn't always coming off for him. But that's now his last two starts in the league. He's, he's scored three goals. He's off the mark for us now. So hopefully that's a, a kind of weight lifted off his shoulder, if you like, and... and Going into the second half of the season, I think he will be a big player for us against a lovely little one-two he plays with Hitati. I was actually behind the goal in section 442 on Saturday, so upper tier looking down on it, and it, it was almost as if it was going in slow motion, as you say, just passes it into the net. It's it's so precise, just totally composed, didn't you know whack it like a lot of people would have wanted him in that situation. Again, that's probably what I was shouting for at the time, but just a brilliant finish, and as you say, he's, he's got three and two now. Hopefully, um, it's a sign of, of more things to come, um, but but certainly I think he'll be a, a big player for us in the second half of the, the season, and brilliant again from, from Hitati. So, the game ended, we won 2-1, that's Celtic, nine points clear at the top of the league. I mean, obviously, we're, we're not getting carried away, but that's a very good position to be in. We've got some difficult games when we return, we've got... 
our first game back, the day before the World Cup final, would you believe, we're playing Aberdeen at Pitaudry on the 17th of December, which will be an interesting game. It's so surreal that we're going to be playing the day before the World Cup final. Of course, we've got four players at the World Cup final. We've got Dyson, as we already talked about. He's there with Japan. CCV's there with America. Juranovic with Croatia. And Aaron Moy with Australia. Uh, how do you think they'll do in the World Cup? Spunkphone, have you got any hopes that they could get in the later stages? Or do you think they'll lobby back? Back to Celtic Park fairly soon, before before the start of December. It's one of those ones, isn't it? From a selfish point of view, you probably hope that they're all out after three games back to Lennox Town um, and, and obviously ready to go for the second half of the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'll, I'll obviously keep an eye on them. Adam Moyes in that Australia squad with, I think, was eight Scottish-based players, plus you've got like, Jason Cummins in there as well. So... I'm sure there'll be more than a few people keeping an eye on them. Uh, Jackson Irvin there as well, obviously a former Celtic player, and also that kind of viral social media post in the other day in the old uh, 1998, 1999, I think it was. Mark Viduka uh, shirt just looking cool as ever. To be fair to him, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll obviously keep an eye on the four of them. As I say, for a selfish point of view, you probably want them back after the three games, but I'm. I'm sure one or two of them have got a, a chance to go far. Juranovic's probably the the best of the best of the bunch in terms of an opportunity to go deep into the tournament. But um, I'll, I'll watch over them with a, a keen interest, John. Yeah, but I think Juranovic is probably the best bet to go far. Maybe USA. I don't know. Their groups a bit harder. I think it'll be between them, Wales for second, and hopefully CCB has a good game against England. But maybe not that good. So that clubs in England don't take notice. But that's Celtic out of action now for a month. Unbelievably, but true, there's going to be a month break before Celtic are back. We've got this uh, Australian tournament we're at, of course. We're playing Sydney FC in a couple of days' time. Then we're playing Everton. I'm not sure really how much that will cover on the pod- on the podcast because I doubt there'll be interesting games, really. I mean, I'm sure they'll be competitive for about 60 minutes, like most of these sort of glorified friendlies are, but it's... Mostly good for Ange to go back to Australia, and he was named in the Australian, uh, I think, Football Hall of Fame the other day, so well done to Ange for that. But for the final part of this week's episode, we thought we'd take a look at our highlights of the first half of the season so far. And Spunkphone, as you're the guest, I'll let you go first. What are your main highlights of the first half of this season under Ange? Well, I, I, I'd assume that at least one of our two are going to be the same, and this is obviously the obvious, uh, the, the the standout one, which is obviously the 4-0 demolition of, of Rangers um, at the start of September. Similar, obviously, to that 3-0 game back in February, and that we just blew them away uh, in the first half. Jota's goal in that game, absolutely outstanding. Um, and, and you obviously had David Turnbull sort of capping it off. Late on in the game, with probably the easiest goal he'll ever score in his career. So that's got to be one of the standouts. Um, not just the result and, and the performance, but obviously I've seen your good self at the pub afterwards, John. So that really added to the, the overall occasion. And then again, a, probably a bit of an obvious one, but I'd, I'd say the Dundee United game that preceded it the week before, the 9-0. You had, it's pretty rare that you get two players going in and obviously scoring hat-tricks in, in the same game, but credit to Abada and, and Kyogo who obviously did that day, we just absolutely blew them away, we, we'd had the, I think we'd had was it Aberdeen and Hearts I think we'd faced at home before that and we hadn't maybe been at our kind of free flowing best we'd had the result at Rugby Park which to be fair was another really standout performance, particularly on a, a pretty difficult pitch 
And then we did Ross County, where I think we'd scored two goals pretty late in that game as well. But the Dundee United one, we just came out and absolutely blew them away. I know they'd obviously been scarred somewhat um, f- for the result in, in Alkmaar, you know, just prior to that. But that really just epitomised the, the kind of transformation under the last, or, or in the last 18 months, I should say, because we just went there, absolutely blew them away. And as I say, it, it's a very rare occasion that you see two players score hat-tricks in the same game. But um, yeah, they'd be my two standouts. And obviously an honourable mention just for the the fact that we're back in the Champions League and, and hearing the anthem against Real Madrid, I suppose, was the, the kind of highlight. And then from there, it, it became a bit, of, a bit of a slog, shall we say. But they'd be my, my two highlights. And as I say, a, an honourable mention for the, the pre-match atmosphere and I suppose the first 40, 50 minutes against Real Madrid as well. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to choose that 4-0 win against Rangers as well. It was a, a complete Celtic performance and it did feature one of the funniest goals ever scored against Rangers when David Tumble did score that tap and it was truly hilarious and I laughed out loud, as the kids say, <laughs> when it happened. Thank you, uh, John McLaughlin, for that pass. I'd give an honourable mention to another element in the Champions League, the performance against Shakhtar away from home. Even though we didn't win, I thought we were excellent and I didn't think Celtic could play like that really in the Champions League so soon under Ange, a game that we dominated and should have won. But we didn't win that, so for my second choice, I'm going to go for the 2-1 win against St. Johnson. I think what made this special is it, it, it showed it that we never stop. A thing that we always talk about Celtic is true, like we give away a goal in injury time, you can see the equaliser just before Rangers are playing there, give them loads of confidence. But then we've still got it within us to go up the other end of the park, still in injury time, and Gigi comes up with a superb finish for a good cross by Burnaby. So I think that was a big three points. And I suppose another brief mention for the fact that we've managed to, in this hectic schedule, we've managed to win so many difficult away games. They might not be that difficult on paper, but I mean, going to Hearts is never easy. And of course, that was the VAR, first VAR disaster. And we managed to go there and win. We won comfortably up at Livingston, even for Park. I place it's not always easy to go, we went and won. And we've been so consistent and... That deserves highlight as well, but really, my main two highlights are that hilarious win over Rangers, in particular Turnbull's goal, and the late winner up at St. Johnson to show that we do never stop. So, that's the end of this week's episode. Spunkphone, thanks as usual for being on. It's a pleasure as always, John, and uh, look forward to catching up with you in a few weeks' time when uh, Celtic are back, but uh, we've got the World Cup, I suppose, to keep us occupied in the meantime. Lucky for us, there's uh, football on all the time. Right, so you know where to catch us and all the usual podcast platforms. You can leave us five stars, give us good reviews, tell us how great we are. You can catch Stevie on Twitter and Instagram, at GigPod. I'm sure he'll have lots of stuff up in the next couple of weeks as we wait for Celtic to return to competitive action. We'll be back soon, I'd imagine. We've got the Nakamura special episode, of course, that we promised the listeners, and we won't let the listeners down because they are so wonderful. We will do that. Nakamura special episode where we look back at his Celtic career, which was a great career, and then we'll talk about all his great moments. And we'll probably be back before the Aberdeen game as well with a preview and a look back at how the Celtic players got in the World Cup. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll speak to you all soon and hail hail.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.